Hello, thanks for listening to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls podcast. This is Adam Rosen, your host. I'm a fellowship-trained orthopedic surgeon who specializes in joint replacement. In these episodes, I'm going to share with you a lot of my tips and tricks and review classic articles and current implant designs. Thanks for tuning in and on with the show. Hello, welcome back. This is Adam Rosen. You're listening to the Total Need Tips and Pearls podcast. So today's a, a techniques uh, episode that I just want to go over. I've talked to a few people about this. I show our fellows um, this technique, uh, and I just want to share that I've talked about it a little bit in a prior episode, but I want to make it easy and accessible for you to pop on and listen to um, before you do your next cemented hemi or your next cemented total hip replacement. And again, I, I probably, it's hard to say exactly with certainty, but I would bet that you know, most Americans are just not as good as the Europeans at cementing the femoral component just because they do it more frequently. And they have great results and track records. But I think, you know, if you extrapolate their great data with someone that does a cemented hip once a year, it's not going to be as successful because there are little tips and tricks and there's an art form in cementing. So um, this is just the way that I do it. And, you know, I found it to be very good and successful for me so I want to share all those things with you. So you know, if you're doing a cemented hemi or you're doing a hybrid total hip, um, what you know you do, and this is after, obviously, everything's trialed. You're ready to put the cement. This is, this is where we're at now. You're ready to cement the actual implant. Um, so for me, you know, I'm brushing and washing the canal. So you know, I, I use the brush to make sure we get rid of all the, the loose debris, um, and then I irrigate with a long-tip irrigator, and again, when you're putting it down there, if you ever look, the jets really shoot out at 90 degree angles, so north, south, east, west. So you don't have to do a whole lot of turning, but if you put it down and just turn it 45 degrees on the way back, then you're getting irrigation jets at all quadrants, essentially. You don't have to move the thing around really, really fast. You can be a little bit more skillful down one way, 45 degrees, back the other way. Now, as far as the distal um, cement plug or buck restrictor, um, this is also something that I found that, you know, y- you need to sound and know what the diameter of your femur is. You know, we have 18, 25 millimeter bucks. Um, and depending on the size of the canal, you know, maybe you're in between sizes. You can always take a pair of scissors with the bigger buck restrictors and cut little fins in it. And that makes it bend a little bit easier because, you don't want to put a buck restrictor in that's too easy because if you do a great job pressurizing it, that can cause that buck restrictor to then shoot distally. This did happen to me once early on in my career and you just heard this poof and then the post-op cement job, you can see there's this huge cement plug. So that's not good, especially if someone ever has to take that implant out. Um, so you want to make sure that you have a good tight fit. And as far as distance, what I find most of my stems, if I'm using, I'm using a distal centralizer is I'll get it and I'll lay it down on the mail. And for me, it's two fingers. So if I have the buck restrictor inserter, two fingers below the tip of that centralizer, I want to have the buck restrictor. And then I make a mark for me at the cow car. And then I know I'm putting that buck restrictor inserter down to that line as at the cow car. And sometimes it looks like a lot on the back table. I think that's going to be a big cement plug. But I'll tell you that it leaves just a good amount of cement plug, not too big and not too small, because we know that if you don't have a distal cement mantle, you have a failing grade for your cement technique. If you forget those grading scores, go back and listen to my episode, and I'll put the show notes for that episode in, um, or the link to that in the show notes below. So I've put my buck restrictor in. And then the question is, you know, what else do you do to the canal? Sometimes, not always, if there's a lot of bleeding, um, I may use a lap 
that I use some form of epinephrine. Usually it's just lidocaine or marcaine. It's just quicker than getting pure epinephrine and trying to mixing up. So you'll squirt, you know, 20, 30 cc's of lidocaine with epi or, or marcaine with epi into a bowl, make the lap nice and wet, and then use that buck restrictor inserter and shove that all the way down the canal. The idea is that epi can constrict the blood vessels if you're getting a lot of bleeding. And then after that, you know, if I've done that, then I actually take another dry lap and shove it down there to get this canal as dry as possible. Now, in real time, I'm also making sure that tech on the back table is getting the cement ready, using a long tip nozzle, making sure that there's a pressurizer already attached to it, and making sure that anesthesia knows that we're going to be cementing shortly so they're aware of the pressure. Because a lot of times this will drop the pressure, and if somebody's been running hypotensive, You don't want to scare that anesthesiologist and injure the patient by having further hypotension cause some type of compromise. So let them know, hey, we're getting ready to cement. How's the pressure? Just be aware. And then once the cement is made, and this is another um, important trick, is usually you should be a little nervous. If you put the cement in too early because you're afraid that it's going to be too hard and it's wet, what I find is you're more likely to get defects from blood um, between the cement and the bony interface. And then also it's much harder to really control the version and the stem may have a tendency to walk, aniversion, retroversion, which again can create cement voids. Because you have to remember that the cement that's in the long nozzle is more exposed to the air in the operating room and it tends to harden up quicker than what's actually in the main portion of the hub of the cement um, gun. Because what I find is, you know, you get it, you're like, oh, it's hard. And you push, you do two squeezes, and then all of a sudden it's real soupy. And so you really want to wait. And if you have to, you know, if you're not sure, you know, make a pump or two and get that stuff that was in the tube out of the way and then really feel what it's like. But what I find is you get to the point where it's good, and then I wait a little bit longer. It's a time thing. It's a consistency thing. You know, what is the, the anatomy like? Is it going to be hard to cement, expose? Um, but at this point, you have to get a feel for when is the right time and right consistency of the cement. But obviously, it's very dangerous if you wait too long. But I find more often than not, people go too soon. So when you're ready to cement, usually at this point, I'll pull the lap out, maybe do one last lap if I have time and if it's wet, and then suction tip all the way to the bottom. Because even though you got the lap all the way down to the bottom... A lot of times you miss the very, very bottom of the area and there'll be a pool of blood down there. So once this thing's nice and dry, this the long cement nozzle for me goes all the way down to the bottom. And again, this is a feel thing, but you got to start squeezing the trigger. You can't pull back quickly because you'll just leave a little string of cement. And you don't want to leave it down there and try to squirt all the cement around because then as you pull back, you have like a little hole in the middle. So it's a feel of squeezing and when you feel the pressure on the nozzle kind of driving you back as you squeeze, drive it back. But for me, the pressurization step first occurs right now when I put that nozzle down the canal. I put my thumb over the cow car and it forces the long nozzle laterally. And as I'm coming back, I'm holding my thumb there. So that cement that's trying to come up medially along the cow car is being held by my thumb. So it's actually initially pressurizing that canal on that first step. And then once the nozzle comes all the way out, then I'll use the little inserter to shove the cement back in the long nozzle, back into the main hub of the gun, break that off. The um, pressurizer is already on. Flip your handle, add it to pressurize, put it back in the canal, and then you can cover up that entire opening of the femur. And then gentle pressure, gentle squeeze, 
and that'll force more pressure into the canal. A lot of times you'll see the venous backflow around the femur, and that's sort of pressurization number two for me. And then once that's pressurized, then I pull it out, get my stem, and now again, that thumb goes over the calcar as much as I can, and this way the stem goes just lateral to my thumb, and as I push it straight down the canal, and again, it's important because you can't just shove the stem in anywhere. You know, if you shove the stem in and you have to change, you know, get it out of varus or change your version, you've created cement void. So you really want to make sure that this thing goes in as straight as possible with the, cre- the correct version the first time. But with my thumb there, I'll push it down about a third of the way. You can feel the pressure on your thumb. You know, pull, stop, pull off any extra cement, thumb over the calcar again, push it down another third of the way, more pressure, you'll feel it pull the extra cement out of the way, put your thumb over it again, push it down all the way till the calcar um, or the collar of the stem is really just above your thumb, pull it out of the way. And that's where I usually put my inserter handle on because I've been controlling the version up to that point with my hand. And then I can control the rest of the version and with a mallet or just some force, force it all the way down to the position it needs to be and then hold it in that position, making sure that we clear out cement, making sure that your leg holder knows do not move. Because if you're holding the stem and they're moving the leg, it's still going to create a cement void or an air pocket of some sort. So everybody has to, you know, Dr. Caldwell would always say, okay, nobody breathe, nobody move. And everybody would stay in that position, leg in that position, retractors don't move. Um, And then also it's important with a lot of stems, um, and this is, you know, one of the techniques you'll hear from the Exeter people too, is, you know, making sure that there is some cement over that lateral corner of the implant. You know, a lot of times I see people dig it all out of there. And the idea there, especially with the Exeter, is to prevent the stem from pistoning up. If you have that cement mantle that covers over that lateral side, you know, the cement's preventing rotation and the collar and the cement are preventing subsidence. But leaving that cement over the top of the lateral shoulder of the implant also for, uh, prevents it from coming up at all. So it really holds it in that position. And then you just basically hold it you know, while it's there. So, so those are kind of my tips is you know, it's really important, I think. And you have to do what works well for you based on experience is you know how far down does your buck restrictor go below the implant? What size buck restrictor do you use? How do you brush, wash, prepare, dry the canal, you know, and getting that feel for the cement. But I think that three-step process of pressurization of the tube down the canal, thumb over the calcar, backfill, 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 you'll feel the pressure on your thumb on that first fill. Take that off, pressurize with the actual pressurizer, second pressurization, take that off. Put the stem in again with your thumb over the calcar. Third pressurization, you're more likely with all of those techniques to get a white out every single time. So my little tips and tricks just on cementing your hips, whether or not you're doing a hemi or a total, use them, come back to this as reference. It's a great thing to listen to for a couple seconds just before you run back into the operating room before that next case, just to refresh your brain on all of those tips and tricks. And I'll find um, the cement grading uh, uh, episode also, and I'll put that in the show notes so you can do a quick reference back to that as well. Um, Thanks again for listening. I'm Adam Rosen. You've been listening to the Total Need Tips and Pearls podcast giving you a hip tip today. Uh, Until next time, stay safe. You've been listening to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls podcast. Make sure that you're subscribed so you'll be notified of future episodes. And please take the time to leave a review. It helps other people like you find the show. Until next time, stay safe.